0: and welcome back to the cover three podcast here on CBS Sports that's Tom Fernelli, that's Bud Elliott I'm Chip Patterson come to you live at youtube.com/ cover three and everywhere you get your podcast on demand Thanks for hanging out all y'all that are smash the subscribe smash the like and come and hang out in the chat We are reacting to week zero which is still in action USC currently holding a 49 to 21 lead I gotta be honest. We said 1030 Eastern time because we thought that USC would have this thing put away and Caleb Williams would be on the sideline. That was not the case. San Jose State had something to say about that. But Miller Moss is in and we are live. Uh, Vandy also in action. uh, Delayed start. And it's also been delayed. Delayed in terms of us being able to see what we were expecting. We'll get into that in a little bit. Uh, currently, FIU leading early third quarter. I guess third quarter is about to start 17-13 on the road in Ruston at Louisiana Tech. Uh, lots to get to. UMass snapping their road woes. Jacksonville State getting a win in their first FBS game. Uh, but I, San Diego State also taking advantage of a backup quarterback situation, which is a little bit unfortunate for a wagon which has lost its axle. Uh, you want to go live? I mean, we've been watching USC. We've been waiting to see what's going to happen here. So um, I can we start with the Trojans? Is that cool with y'all? Yeah, okay. sure. All right. Um, it's, really, it's great to have Bud Elliott here because um, the thing that stands out to me is that recruiting matters. <laughs> and recruiting matters because when you are the number seven player in the class of 2023... When you're the number one wide receiver in the class of 2023, when you are a legitimate track star and you are able to secure the commitment of that player. Of course, I'm talking about Zach Branch, who had over 230 yards of all purpose offense and special teams in this game. Difference maker, man. I mean, but did you know that he was gonna have this kind of instant impact? Because I even said on this podcast, I had Deuce Robinson as my overall freshman that I was looking at. Oops. Like Zach Branch has got better Zach Branch has got a better chance to be able to be a freshman of the year in the Pac-12 than anybody else. And that's my week zero overreaction.
3: It it's also easier to make an impact at receiver than tight end. Typically, the further away you get from the ball, the, the easier it is. But yeah, like guys. If you all have been subscribed to our Cover Three podcast YouTube channel, you would have seen the YouTube short we made back in I think January or February, whatever that was. We're like, hey, we don't drop the Tyreek Hill comparison lightly. But track speed, instant on speed, like like it. You guys ever drove a Tesla? You know, it just it, it's like like a like top speed right when you drop the hammer. That's kind of that's kind of this kid, man. Like he's just there's not a lot of buildup to the giddy up. It's just all go first step. And you saw it tonight. At one point, he had more all-purpose yards than San Jose State had total yards. (laughs) He's just – yeah, like, look, will other defenses find a way to to contain him? It's San Jose State. I get it. But in open space, if you actually let him get the ball in open space, every defense in the country is in trouble.
2: You, You want a week zero overreaction? Here's one. Yeah. Open space, Zach Branch. Maybe it's the uniform. But the way he moves in open oh. space and Reggie makes Grinch. guys miss, I got strong Reggie Bush vibes mm-hmm. watching him tonight. Yeah.
0: No, hundred percent. And it helps that there's not names on the back of the jerseys. Mm-hmm. It's true. That, that's very dumb. It's a very dumbed down take, but I, it's just it's one of the reasons that uh, the USC jerseys are so t- timeless. I'm. Are we okay? So now let's let's pick it apart a little bit. We're very excited about Zach Branch. We are still concerned that this game was so close, right?
2: Uh, it's about to be a lot further away.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Deuce
3: <laughs> <but Hughes> Robinson, <laughs> 35-yard catch, Chip. There, your, listen, your, your pick ain't uh, done.
0: There, there were some sideline shots of Alex Grinch that were not for the you know, sacks and tackles for loss that we saw in the third quarter and the fourth quarter. There were some sideline shots of Alex Grinch that were because this USC defense was bleeding out for portions of the first half you know, arm tackles are still there. Are you, are you concerned? You know, where's, where's our level of concern for this USC defense right now?
2: Uh, It it's played better in the second half. I, I I will give it credit for that. But the concern for me when I'm watching this unit is a lot of the same problems you saw last year were very evident in the first half. And I feel like this is a defense where if they get penetration in the backfield, like if they pressure the quarterback or they get to the running back, you know, for a tackle, for a loss, like they're good but if they don't they stink like and they also have problems with mobile quarterbacks like Cordero when he's not running backwards and instead is running forwards has been giving them a lot of trouble tonight and it's just yeah it is a lot of the same kind of stuff a lot of run fit problems a lot of contain problems a lot of arm tackles it's it's been better in the second half, but overall, it's not the kind of defense where I'm very confident. So, I don't know. I'd like to see more of a pass rush. They are getting pressure, but they're not getting home, but that could just mostly be Cordero's ability to just kind of run around and save himself. But, yeah, when they start playing the better teams on their schedule, it's it's going to be a problem. I, I agree with that for the most part, but they don't
3: play the better teams on their schedule for six weeks. Like the first team that you think can actually beat them, if they if they don't play well, is Notre Dame, and that's October fourteenth. I mean, you have six games before that, and I think a bye week, an, an early one, if I'm reading this right. Yeah, at, yeah, after Stanford, USC has had kind of a banged up camp, so mm-hmm. I'm reserving judgment a little, like especially on the defensive side. Like I'm reserving judgment a little bit but certainly they do not look like they've taken a leap. They may take a leap later on in the season. I guess we'll just kind of have to monitor the situation. But also, like, I give credit to Cordero. Like, that, that guy's a good G5 quarterback. I I took USC first half tonight because I I, I thought without Lockhart that San Jose really might be in some trouble. And, like, he, they didn't pass the ball super well in the first half. The Nick Nash kid, the former quarterback, actually played really well for them. So I was – I do want to give some credit to those guys that granted, like, the, the narrative is going to be USC, and it probably should be. They're they're a national title contender, I guess. Uh, maybe not with that defense. No.
0: Like, yeah, the overreaction for is like, yeah, they have a six beside their name, but no one's putting them closer to four than they are to ten based on at least what Correct. we saw on the in- – mm-hmm. again, yeah. an admitted overreaction. But if you thought that they were close to being a playoff team – that does not look like a group that is going to go through. Because you mentioned October fourteenth, but that also means that it is banger after banger after banger after banger. Like being able to go through yeah. against the best offenses in the Pac twelve all at the end of your schedule when you might be facing some attrition issues, you might be a little bit banged up. Like this, this was not a uh, encouraging performance. But as they have just scored another touchdown. They've got if they score fifty six points a game. Yeah, like, I. I don't know. What to, I don't know what to do about it.
2: That's the thing. Their defense. The way the defense is playing. This is not a team that can win a national title. But the way the offense is playing, this is a team that can get to the playoff.
0: Well, like, yeah, it's like a Lincoln Riley yeah. Oklahoma team that has the mm-hmm. number one oh nine defense, but is in the college football playoff and just won the pack twelve, the Big Twelve. Yeah. Um, anything else from that game that stand out? We want to make sure we want to highlight.
2: The Caleb Williams touchdown pass, in which he they dropped the snap, he picked it up, kind of just rolled to his right, and then fired the ball fifty yards in the air without taking a step forward.
0: That's the clip they're going to show on the end. Oh yeah, that guy. Yeah, yeah. This. Do we take him for granted? Is it is it possible? Okay.
2: All right. I think he's being outshined by branch in this game. I don't because I don't think Caleb's been terrific in this game. Although, again, he was kind of just for Caleb Williams. He was kind of eh, and he finished with 278 yards and four touchdowns. But yeah, he's no, he's really freaking good. But they they're this was a basic game plan for the Trojans tonight. I don't think they're okay. really they're really taking the Ferrari out of the garage here.
0: I like being able to with the player that I have, you know, Who's been around? Because look, Caleb flashed at Oklahoma. We knew at Oklahoma, we we're like, wow, this is something that is like pretty special, you know, generational talent type stuff. He obviously lived up to that those expectations last year. But when you when you get those moments, I try to at least still savor them because it's uh, it's pretty cool when we do get them here in, in here in college football. I like this comment, by the way, from uh, Andrew. A little bit of a deep cut. Andrew says, uh, "I can play branch." Zach Branch at quarterback in EA College Football 2024 if Caleb doesn't want to be in it.
2: I was I was already telling my friends, I was like, listen, if you get the chance to draft Zach Branch in your fantasy league three years from now, I really recommend you do it.
0: I love being able to drop that right here on August yeah. 26, yeah. 2023. Um, all right, the first game of the day, it was in a standalone position. We got all of our eyes on it. It was Notre Dame absolutely thumping Navy five offensive possessions. We're in this, you know, weird screen right here on YouTube led to five touchdowns. Too small, too little, too slow. Yes. Or, okay. All right. That is, is You live blog this game, Tom. I, I'm going to let you get first word on it.
2: Um, I, I tweeted at the very beginning of this game watching it. I said, if Notre Dame wants to run the ball, touchdown, San Jose State. If Notre Dame wants to run the ball for 400 yards today, it can't. Yeah. Because that offensive line was just absolutely blowing Navy's defensive front up on every single snap. It was just shoving them around. And that was really what the first two possessions were. They were just kind of running the ball down their throat with Audrick Estime. And then. They were like, well, you know, we do have Sam Hartman, so we should probably show him off a little bit. So, like, they started throwing more after that. I just think, I mean, if you're a Notre Dame fan, you should be very happy with what you saw today. You probably shouldn't read too much into it because Navy is just, they, they do not have the guys that could compete with that Notre Dame team. And then also you throw in Newberry's first game as a head coach, a new offense trying to work in some wrinkles against a team that is just bigger, stronger, and faster than they are. Getting behind early puts Navy in a spot where Navy is not comfortable being in, where they have to play from behind. So things really did snowball. Like I don't think Navy is as bad as the final score suggests, and I don't think Notre Dame is as good as the final score suggests. But I do think Notre Dame is good. I do think Sam Hartman played very well. They spread the ball around. Like We talked about how they did not have a ton of options last year in the passing game. It felt like it was Michael Mayer or bust. There were eight dudes who caught passes today. They had young guys at the Jadens and Great House and Colsey who played, or not Colsey, but Thomas, Thomas who played well. Colsey played well. Like That's a team that I think is a lot more explosive and a lot more dangerous this year than the Notre Dame team we saw last year. So that's very interesting. I will say the one concern I have, Navy did not have a quarterback who can exploit it, but Navy was getting guys open in that Notre Dame secondary, and Lavatai was just absolutely missing them. When they play like, you know, Brendan Armstrong at NC State or they get to the Ohio State game or they're playing Klubnick and Clemson and those guys, that could really come back to bite them in the ass. All right, I want to say
3: the Navy piece first. They're definitely outgunned here, right? It was very clear when, when, when you match those two up on the field. I do think that Navy's going to make a bowl. Ooh. Like, get Navy to conference season. I, I think they have a real shot to do it. Like I, I think what they do plays a hell of a lot better when they're not physically overwhelmed. And one of the things you can tell when somebody's physically overwhelmed is go look at that rushing success rate, right? How often are they picking up what they want to, imposing their will? This is like – I mean, we'll talk about the sicko mode thing in a second, but this is sicko mode by Notre Dame. 66% rushing success rate, and that includes mm-hmm. the garbage time – and the backups they put in like that is ridiculous anything over 50 is really nice 66 percent is just absurd so if you want if you didn't watch the ball game maybe you did do the farmer's market thing whatever they really just pushed navy around the yes. entire game like th- their people move navy's people and then navy's like oh we need to add more people because our people are getting moved and sam hartman's like oh thomas great house cool let's do this thing and you know what Let's credit those guys. Let's put Mike on the screen here, our, our resident Notre Dame fan. Those guys actually made play. Now, a lot of them were pretty open, but those guys made some plays on some of those contested catches, which I did not see them making last year. But also, I didn't see them get open as much last year. So good job getting open. Good job making contested catches. And Sam Hartman, like, hey, man, knocking down the open threes, knocking at the layups, that's, that's the start you wanted. Does it prove Notre Dame can hang with the really elite teams? No. Does it show that they're pretty clearly better than they were last year? I think so. Like, I still have a couple questions about this team. We'll we'll, we'll get to it. But I, I definitely think they're a better team than they were last year.
2: By the way, too, like, um, Marcus Freeman said something after the game that really stood out to me. He was asked about Sam Hartman. And he was saying the, the typical stuff, you know, he played really well, blah, 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 blah. But he said the one thing he said that kind of just – he said he's really good at being able to read a defense before the snap and understand what he's looking at which to me felt like an indirect kind of shot where Marcus Freeman was like, last year we had a couple of guys who had absolutely no idea what they were looking at when they looked at the defense across from them. And it's nice to have a quarterback with experience who can read the defense.
0: You mean the backup at Arizona state and the backup at Alabama?
2: Yeah. The third stringer at Alabama.
0: Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Um, So what is the ceiling for Notre Dame? Like that's you know, we, 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 there's the, when you see it early, and we all saw it early. The game is different. Like the the script changes, the way you call it changes. You mentioned Bud. You you defensively, you have to react differently. It opens things up. Um, but if I'm gonna, you know, be the cold shower here, what 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 did we see from Sam Hartman? The stat line looks good. Can we nitpick? Because, you know. Colsey's diving back for the out route. You know, he's, you know, great house is kind of having to stutter step a little bit just to be able to, to pull in the score.
3: The one deep ball he was way late on. Like in, in, in the end zone early.
0: Yeah. I mean, again, I, I think I might have said this uh, on the chat, but it was like, I know he is going to end up with a fantastic stat line, but I still am like, mm, okay. We'll see, and some of it might have been the calls, you know, just sort of the way that it it played out. They see the soft coverage; we're just going to go to the easy throws. Like, there's, I, I am never going to be, get that hung up on being able to just take the easy throws. But I, I don't know what's what's the ceiling here for uh, for Notre Dame's offense.
2: Well, thirty five points per game. I mean, like.
3: I think they could be like a top fifteen, top twelve opponent adjusted offense in the country. Maybe. I think
0: that's a that is very good. Mm-hmm.
3: Yeah, absolutely. Like I mean, the the offenses that you think are definitely better than them: Ohio State, Michigan, possibly Penn State. We'll see I, I, if Alar plays to the ceiling. Yes, North nor, North Carolina, Florida State, possibly Clemson. Right, like, like mm-hmm. if, if Riley get, get, gets them really turned around. USC, Oregon. Washington, probably Texas, but again, we got to see Texas. Like, like we, we all believe in you, but we kind of need to see that thing. And then a couple, like Georgia's probably still better. Probably First, LSU. Are about
0: to, like when the just, yeah. come on. Yeah. So they're I think just, I just named off
2: 10. Yeah, They're going to be so much more difficult to defend this year because you have to defend the run in the past. Oh, Tennessee. Yeah. Yeah. You can't just load the box and force Drew Pine to do something. You actually have to defend the entire field again, which makes every offense better.
0: Which, and like, that's fair. And, you know, when you even if you take Navy out and you put in another opponent on the schedule, that offensive line is still phenomenal. Yes. What are they tested? Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like against <laughs> against average FBS competition, against above average FBS competition. We're still that, talking about one of the best teams at the offensive line and being able to run that ball. And, dude, Asimei does such a good job of, like, just getting downhill and making you pay. It is a it is a fantastic ground game that they're able to build off of.
2: Yeah, like on a weekly basis, except for the Ohio State and Clemson games, they should easily have their offensive line should easily win every matchup that they have. Those uh, are the only NC two State, games
0: next game. Oh, and-
2: Ch- Chift, uh, how do you do it? Is it two fingers? One finger? the
0: little wolf pack thing. Oh, it's this one. Yeah. Yeah. It's-
2: yeah. Okay. I like it. I like NC state's defensive line. I think, Oh, I think Notre Dame's offensive line is better.
0: Well, maybe I'm just saying that if you're if we're ranking the defensive fronts and let me count yeah. the linebackers in there as that'd well, that'd be the third best one there. Yeah,
3: they will face more passing downs against NC State than they will be comfortable with, and Hartman will need to convert some like third and eight type situations probably. Unless NC State's offense, which I mean, obviously I think NC State's offense is a lot better, but you know, there's certainly some chance that uh, you know that they're they're not, and then maybe they'll just be able to run the ball, but they won't they won't have a 66 percent. Rushing success rate in any game remaining this year, except for maybe next week, Tennessee State.
0: Yeah, that's right. It's not next week. Next, they play Tennessee State. Eddie George, the, the next FBS game. Is, yeah. Oh, is it Eddie George? Look at yeah, that. Eddie George, head coach, right there. All uh, right, Notre what's, fans. We are at uh, twenty-eight. Oh, anything else on uh, Notre Dame Navy before we keep it moving?
2: I, I just like Andrew's comment that, so it's a too too small, too little, too slow deal for a respectable Navy defense, but it's a love-fester USC and branch. Yeah, Navy and San Jose State,
0: same thing. San Jose State's like a top-four team in its conference. <laughs> I know. It's the same. Yeah. Thing. No, San Jose... Mm, I got too much respect for Brent Brennan. Come on, dog. Let's go. Uh, I got 28-14 for the Doors right now. We... Have 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 the doors righted the ship? Is the uh, anchor is the who, anchor down or is the anchor up? Are we about the
3: unsportsmanlike penalty? Is it was it Vandy or was it uh, was it uh, Hawaii just now?
2: It was Vandy. It was on Will Shepard.
0: Oh no! I shut down my extra screens because it was Will Shepard is on yet. kickoff coverage team.
2: It says, "Well, maybe they got the wrong like, number." That broadcast does some weird stuff once in a while. With yeah, these, like it five. might have some. It might be a double number situation.
0: Or oh, like a fourteen. Okay. That is mm-hmm. also on defense mm-hmm. type situation. Um, I right, before we hit a hit a quick break right here. I mean, a lot of a lot of ball game left. We can revisit it because listen, the you're right. UMass, New Mexico State, bananas. <laughs> the end of Jacksonville State, UTEP. Oh, the God. UTEP yeah. lost to Jacksonville State, not the Jacksonville State win over UTEP. You know, we. I want to get to all of those things, but let's just do a quick check in. Check the temperature. Are we drifting? Does the anchor need to go down so that we're not drifting? How are we feeling about the doors through? I guess uh, tw- uh thirty-five minutes of twenty
2: twenty-three. They got off to a slow start against Hawaii last year too, right? And then just yeah, kind of turned it on did, in the second half, and they won by like forty-five. Yeah, no, I. Uh, mean, it's the opening game
3: this is kind of about what i expected honestly you know like i i thought they would be ahead by like you know 14 they're ahead by seven in the first half but i mean they had a decent yards per play advantage i think they, they had the kickoff return much better team speed now on on, on special teams obviously yes. yes like barton talked about over the summer when we had him on right it's like yeah like I, I think our overall our gps numbers are are much better now um Hawaii improved a lot during the last eight games last year down the stretch, and and it, I think that Hawaii is doing a better job. Well, not a better job. How do I say this? They're more comfortable with the run and shoot now, right? Like, that is a pretty new offense for them. It's going back to the roots of, of what June Jones kind of, kind of ran, and, I mean, it's pretty clear that they have a lot more comfort operating that system than they did last year. So I think that's a hard thing to, to rep in practice, by the way.
0: I'm concerned you don't about you don't, you don't see it like it I I think that Hawaii living in Vanderbilt's offensive backfield is not good seven tackles for loss
3: and but three they, sacks in the third quarter they had the same thing last year and they found a way to work around it you know against, like like, but, like
0: they, was it against Hawaii
3: no but uh oh Hawaii's kid did get the waiver by the way the the big d tackle that we were, we were wondering about all week he uh he, he got the sixth year waiver so he the the nose guard in the middle. He seems to
0: matter because we got two great wide receivers for Vanderbilt. Yeah. But if they don't get a chance to take advantage of their size and their speed, because AJ Swan's running for his life, it's going to be tough to be able to get those wins. We talked about that home schedule. You know, we talked about the Missouri game, the Kentucky game. We talked about the opportunities for the doors to go for our doors to go and get that win. Come on. Come on, O.L. <laughs> let's step up. Let's push let's, some people around out push, there. Yeah, listen. listen. Take, take a note from Notre Dame. Let's push some people around out there. Okay. Like yeah, We mentioned it. Coming up on the other side, Rich Rodriguez getting an FBS win for Jacksonville State. Also, lots more to unpack, including a devastating injury for Ohio, big win for San Diego State, and more
1: Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.
0: Um, yeah, he, here I am. I am once again asking you to hit like on the video. We have a ton of people watching, and most of y'all have not liked. So why don't we go ahead and flip that? Thank you, Kenneth, for uh, jumping in the chat and saying that as well. Also, you, shout Kevin. out to uh, Hank. Who says bring the bulldozers <laughs> into, into block? And I swear, if they bring all the all the bulldozers and all the skid steers in to be able to uh, step in front of defensive mm-hmm. linemen, heck, I think Vanderbilt could win the SEC. <laughs> I
2: don't know. Georgia's still going to be pretty
3: tough to move. <laughs> Hawaii just converted a fourth and nine from midfield. Dude, they're playing it, for it. And wasn't you know,
0: the bomb on fourth down too the like deep pass that ended up being a touchdown? It was like fourth and three and then they ended up hitting uh, the deep shot in the first half. Hey,
3: I, I got a question for you guys. Do you know how to, if you happen to have YouTube TV and you got the four box going, do you know how to change what's in the boxes?
2: No. I don't have
0: YouTube TV. I, have,
2: I had YouTube TV for three weeks in March when I got the free trial for uh, the yeah. NCAA tournament.
0: <laughs> nah, I'm... I'm still basic. I'm still, you know, if if a certain cable company in the Raleigh, North Carolina area wants to sponsor me or the podcast, I'll give them a shout out. But I've been a customer for a long time and just kind of riding with it right now. Yeah, you know, they got they got rights to all my organs, but yeah, it's OK. Uh, how about I'll be this? Be there to
2: get them between 9 a.m. and 3 p.m.
0: <laughs> uh, Rob Krause asks Bud, any surprise St. Joe's prep? pushed IMG
3: no they they do a pretty good job and it's early in the season for IMG like a lot of those guys are new players each year like they haven't played together it takes a little bit of time
0: to gel no I I Bud had no prep for that and he had a legit incredible answer
3: no St. Joe's is a legitimately good team like, like it that, the that's one it from
0: Pennsylvania the same one that had Marvin Harrison Jr. and Kyle McCord
3: yeah like yeah. that they're always gonna have players it's not like like that they they definitely don't suck I, IMG will have more high level players but Like guys that have played together since freshman year still are going to have some continuity advantage, you know. For example, we go out to these seven-on-tournaments, and there are some where a bunch of guys who are definitely not going to go and like go pro in football will probably go go pro in like um, what's the the frisbee game? Uh, Ultimate frisbee, right? They look like a bunch of ultimate frisbee dudes. They end up winning the seven-on-seven because they've played seven-on-seven like competitively since like the fourth grade together. You know, and meanwhile, these teams that are stacked, all these five stars, get beat. Probably the same thing here.
0: Got it. That's that's how uh that's how the regular high schools end up going on deep tournament runs, only to lose to the in the Upper Room Academy. As in, it's the Upper Room that we found to be able to call the school the Upper Room Academy.
3: That kind. Oh, of uh, Jonathan Cox. Uh, no, uh, AU Tiger ninety 93- three. 93 uh, says you can change it actually to different options if you scroll down and click multi-view. So,
0: Get fixing cool. it right now. There we go. All right. Yeah, sorry. UTEP at third and one, down three, in scoring position. And they opted to take a deep shot at the end zone. <laughs> then they yep. decided to go for it. On fourth and short, and the quarterback, he looked at the defense, checked out. I don't know what the initial play call was, but he checked into something else, and he said, you know what we need to do? We need to throw short to the flat. And that pass was intercepted by Jeremiah Harris. And I can tell you there was elation. Throughout Jacksonville, Alabama, as Jacksonville State won 17-14, in its very first FBS game, and its very first Conference USA game, that is a conference win. The Conference USA standings have Jacksonville State in first place, solo, as we talk right now. But, man, the way that they got there was just holding on for dear life. After a uh, after a fortunate start, the ending, the game itself, I- anywhere you want to go with it, there there's a lot to pick at. Obviously, you know the I don't, I don't know how much of our audience was as dialed into it as us sickos were, but it, when it's on the mothership, when it's a double doubleheader, and it's the week zero, I I was this this was my game today. To be fair.
2: And I appreciate them coming through getting us the one lock unity win of the week. But if Jacksonville State quarterback Zion Webb could hit a wide open receiver, the game never would have been close in the fourth quarter.
0: Oh, so many misses. <laughs> like
2: Jacksonville State had a lot of guys running free in the secondary that Zion Webb was missing by 10 yards. He's he's not good. Like
3: that's con- that 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 is part of the recipe. Like you, you get his legs, you get his ability to operate the offense and the gives and the keeps, and then you also get the other side of the coin, which is that he's he can't not throw a, the ball down the field. Right? Yeah, he just can't throw. Yeah,
0: but their running game is good, and when they're rolling with tempo and when everything's cooking, it's fine. It just it was rod team. Yeah, ja- <laughs> yeah, classic.
3: Jacksonville State team. won a game today, mm-hmm. and I am happy for you guys that you got your Latif. They had a twenty three percent success rate, not rushing, because you know usually rushing is kind of lower than passing. Twenty three percent success rate overall. They were outgained by
0: like a hundred yards. It, it, yeah. You know, UTEP staff was talking about that. I mean, shout if out. They line up. The goat Amanda Guerra, of course, was coming through with it with her halftime report. She was like, "Yeah, talking to you know the UTEP staff. They're uh, they're feeling confident. They're outgaining them, the out them on the total yard spaces." <laughs> Oops. All
3: right. If we had a chance to like like pick that game again tomorrow after what we just watched, I would like double lock up UTEP after what
0: I saw. Uh, no I, I, vibes only. Come okay, on, no. Jacksonville
2: right. State's got the will to win.
0: I was like, I don't, I don't know how it's gonna happen. I mean, did you hear me? Did I say a single player's name in my pick?
2: <laughs> no, I you did, I did not.
0: <laughs> no, they're playing at home on the mothership CBS Sports Network, and Rich Rod knows you gotta figure out a way to win. Jeez. <laughs> he, they fa- he found a way not to lose. That's what he did.
2: Rich Rod had sweated through his shirt before the first quarter was over. <laughs> it was hot. Yeah. They-
3: we, we, we do have to talk, talk to Jacksonville State about that. I know that they're an upcoming program, don't have a ton of money, but we at least need the CUSA patch in the turf on the field <laughs> to be somewhat of a similar shade to the rest of the field, right? Like, paint it, do whatever we need to do, maybe just fade it a little bit if the regular field is faded. Like, you watch it, like, that looks kind of weird. Like, usually the greens are somewhat similar, and we do need to get the, the whole staff some better gear right? Like if we get a, an apparel no, 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 sponsorship, was, it
0: was hot. They, they said, you know, it's going to be hot. and good doing t-shirts. That's it. Okay. G- got to make, got to make sure we're not, uh, we're not overheating here in Jacksonville, Alabama on August 26th. I, uh, I also,
3: I understand Hardison is a good arm and I think Hardison would be much better in a non-Dana demo system, but I'm not really sure he processes super fast, you know, and uh he's gonna get a lot of hype come draft time really yeah because he's got he's he did throw a lot of dimes like like they they dropped a couple really nice balls from him like he he opened the game with that long touchdown that they they called back because the kid didn't hold on to it you had the the fade ball on, on the third and one and then the fourth and one you know check there i yeah i was surprised that they uh they didn't run either of those times i i I really like after I watched the first couple drives, like oh UTEP's going to win this game. Like they're pushing them around pretty consistently. They're getting guys open on this play action stuff, and they just never like they stalled out in the red zone. They like Jacksonville State just kind of bowed up, or UTEP just kind of screwed up, as as it was in a couple cases. But yeah, like congrats to
0: Rich Rod, man. Anything else
2: from this game?
0: Yeah. No. All right. So for the first time. Since 1984, the UMass Minutemen have opened a season with an FBS win. 1984 is the last time UMass played a season opener against an FBS opponent and came out with a win. Man. How about them? Don Brown gets it done on the road at New Mexico State, forty-one to thirty. Bananas fourth quarter, as we talked. <laughs> yeah. Wait, were we recording yet at that point? I don't think so, right? No, I don't think we were. Yeah, no, like the fourth quarter itself probably deserves its own chapter. You know, prayer, thoughts, and prayers to anybody with an under on this one. I mean, oh this my thing, gosh! Oh yeah, yeah. Oh, dude, it was thirteen to ten going into the fourth quarter. Yeah. Final yeah. score. For those who don't have a scoreboard pulled up or haven't seen it, it's UMass 41, New Mexico State 30. Great. They- Two teams that were trying at the beginning of this game to both not make mistakes
2: mm-hmm.
0: and being so conservative with their approach. Game just went haywire in the fourth quarter. But UMass gets it done. And uh, the, the road, what was it? Uh, Tom, you had the tweet. What's the road uh, streak that was broken? 24 so straight 24 road losses? 24
2: straight road losses, yeah. That's the first road win since uh, 2018 at UConn, which, you know, I think – and then there was the f- most points they've scored in a game since 2019, and I, I think that was against UConn too. I can't remember. But, yeah, no, it was, it was UMass's best game in a very long time, and that is – I mean, they they played like that score looks. Like, that was the most talented – like, Early in the game, I was watching that offense, and I was like, oh, my God, this team is not good at all. But they kind of settled in, and they started playing well. And defensively, I thought they were playing like a Don Brown defense. I think they had a lot more speed than I only saw UMass a couple times last year. But, like, the the players on the field just really weren't anything special, as you would expect from a team that played the way it didn't have the record it had. But they just had actual – I don't want to call them dudes, but they have guys that are dude-ish. And it's just, yeah, they, they looked really good. I mean, there's really no other way to put it. I don't think they're gonna win, they're gonna go bowling or anything, but all the people that during the offseason were saying you gotta take the UMass over two and a half, I think they're gonna win their bets. Well, I mean, for sure, not now that they got this one. I, I would mm-hmm. agree with you. They
3: their offense really kind of looked bad for the most part, but then Tyson Fomachon would would kind of just run around and, and make, <laughs> yeah. like make a couple things happen. They won this game with a 26% offensive success rate, which again is kind of kind of wild that you're able to, you know, put up that, that kind of stats. The pick six and the uh the early uh interception were basically the difference here, right? Like they they I bet you'd be charted out as far as like the EPA stuff. That that's really kind of where you know where it came from for UMass, but UMass does look like legitimately upgraded. Like, UMass is probably not going to be the worst team in the country this year, right? Which which for most of the last couple years, they have been. Um, Mexico State, man, just – their offense just can't seem to sustain stuff, right? They they hit a ton of explosive plays, a ton. I mean, they had an 80-yard rush, a 40-yard pass, 62-yard pass, a couple passes of 25-plus. But, yeah, you're right. This game was absolutely bonkers. They had more yards – in the fourth quarter, then they had the first three first three quarters combined. Both mm-hmm. guys, but oh, Vandy just hit another bomb. Um, to yeah, so I, I think they're gonna they're it's gonna a It's a card. No, oh, it's a flag. We got a hold in here. Swan's kind of walking around. I don't know. We'll see. I'm not sure if people like or don't like when we do the live commentary. Probably <laughs> don't like. Um, yeah, like if I mean if you're Jerry Kill, this is this is pretty pretty killer for the season. No, no pun intended, but it did work, I guess. Um, you can't lose at home to UMass and accomplish I, your goals.
2: I think when you're throwing Diego Pavia out there at QB, like the, you know, he, he'd be like the quintessential gamer. But well, you're going to live and die by him because he when, – when what he tries works, they can win. But he tries too much stuff that's not going to work and – that was the case a lot today. He had, you know, the pick six was there. He had a couple turnovers. Like, he can't play the way he played today And if in New Mexico State wants to win a football game. That's really what it comes down to, to me.
3: Well, they put the Stowers kid in, the, the mm-hmm. transfer from AM, and and did not allow him to throw a pass. Mm-hmm. He had four runs and, I don't know, probably 14 handoffs. Man, that one handoff was like an 80-yard touchdown. She yeah, it was a great handoff. Play. Tremendous handoff. Just look <laughs> look, look at the clean. Yeah, it was great.
2: San Jose State covered, by the way. Just throwing that out there. Did they? Go Spartans.
0: My, um, my apologies to the universe because I called Tyson Fomachon Kmart DJU today.
1: <laughs> <It's> <laughs> yes, <expensive>. you did.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and, and, man, you know – he uh came through. He was a gamer. Talk about gamer. He was making him pay with his legs. And he threw some threw some dimes. Threw some had some big throws there. So uh congrats to Don Brown. Congrats to uh, all the fine people of Amherst, as we talked about on the locks podcast. The uh that's uh that's a big win for the Minutemen.
2: So. shout out to uh SEC on CBS sideline reporter and CBS sports HQ host, Jenny Dell getting the big win from the alma mater with her UMass minute. Hey,
0: that. that's right. She doesn't get to gloat a lot. No, no. Nah, like Hassel's got Iowa. Amanda Guerra's got Oklahoma. Jacqueline's got Florida. And
2: Jenny's got Jeremy, old Marcus Camby highlights.
0: highlights. <laughs> <laughs> <Old> Marcus. <laughs> <laughs> um. Okay. Did you I mean, mass bad at basketball now? Y-
2: yeah. I mean, yeah. they've pretty been since Cal left, they've been pretty ordinary. God, that's been a minute. All right. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> is this like Kevin Durant doesn't play for the Thunders? Yeah, yeah. 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 Sean <laughs> Calperi's not with you what, what the what? hell
2: happened there? They were going so well.
1: Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it?
2: Why did he kill his family? The answer lies across the ocean in a woman named Sylvie. She's a can model. Where desire leads to deception. I ended up spending twelve and $15,000 a day. It was addictive. I can't get you out. And obsession leads to murder.
0: Who did this to your family? You can't really maintain a
2: fantasy forever.
0: Control all desire. Now streaming on Paramount+. Plus. Um, Curtis Rourke scores three to three. Um, was it for it's first quarter, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. First quarter goes down with an injury, leaves the game, and the difference between Curtis Rourke and his backup is just a cliff. I mean. It was last year after he goes down at the end of the season and Ohio's won so many games that they get to the MAC championship game and we get to the MAC championship game and neither offense can do a daggum thing and Ohio only scores seven points against Toledo in that game. Like this was, this was a struggle to watch. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I guess uh, again, like I'm, I'm coming, I'm coming at these with like the, it's like the Jacksonville State. UTEP situation where like San Diego State look you got the dub but man this was a different Ohio team than what we all thought we were going to get going into it so what's a, what what it is one of the more notable games of the day because we expect both of these teams to be top half in their conference right we cannot say that about every single game that we saw in terms of the matchup what do we take away from San Diego well, I think State's performance? UMass is going to make a
2: lot of noise in the independent conference. The independent, yeah. yeah. Sure. <laughs> uh, I mean, yeah, it's kind of along the lines of what you're saying. If I'm San Diego State, like you never want to take away too much from the first game of the season, even though that's exactly what we've been doing all night. But the fact that Curtis Rourke got knocked out of that game early, and CJ Harris, the backup, finished eighteen of forty-two for 203 yards, one touchdown, three interceptions. Oh, it was three. Oh, The fact you couldn't pull away and put them away at home, that is a concern to me. Like, if I'm San Diego State going forward, and frankly, if I'm Ohio, I'm sitting there thinking, well, if we get Rourke back, we'll be fine. And also, it could be a similar, like, the way I'm approaching this is, the same as last year. Ohio was bad out of conference. Then the Mac season started, and they were just a wagon, and I was betting them every week. I will gladly take Ohio losing another every non-conference game again until the Mac season starts and then keep betting them again as
3: That's long as selfish. work is healthy.
0: That is selfish.
3: <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, look, the, the defense for Ohio, I, I think San Diego State's offense might really kind of suck, but the defense for Ohio held up well enough. I mean, they allowed 5.3 yards per play to what I think most people would think is an upper half Mountain West conference team for Ohio, which had all right, a bottom five defense, I'm trying to think off the top of my head, conservatively last year, like a bottom five defense in the country Ohio had, I think. For them to hold them under five and a half yards of play with a kid as athletic as Jalen Maiden is, is pr- legitimately pretty impressive. So good job to Ohio's defense. I mean, CJ Harris 18 of 42 for 203 and three picks, one touchdown and nine rushes for 18. Now, granted, I, I know some sacks and and San Diego State's defense did a great job of teeing off, but R- Rourke was eight of 10 for 75. Right, like he was getting hit, but he was carving them. Mm-hmm. I, I think if Curtis Rourke stays in the game, o-
2: Ohio wins the football game. Oh, I agree. So, my wagon.
0: I don't have the chart pulled up, but there is something along the lines of uh Curtis Rourke had you know completed eight of his ten you know eight passes, and I think C.J. Harris started out with eight incompletions. Yeah, like
3: and the first one was it was an interception too.
0: Right. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Or maybe it was like missed his first eight passes or something yeah. like it was.
3: Completed, it, was, it, was
0: sad. it was sad. It Ohio was sad.
2: ran 84 plays in this game. Like San Diego State could not get them off the field a lot of the time, even with as bad as they were playing. So you put Curtis Rourke out there instead of Harris. I'm guessing Ohio gets at least 30
0: points. Um, final, yeah. all the haze in the barn, USC 56, San Jose State 28, not too much stat. Congrats to Tom on your uh, on your lock win right there. We get 278 yards, four touchdowns for Caleb Williams. Um that's that's fine. If we want to put him on the Heisman meter. Check check a box, right? Yep. Four touchdowns. That'll do it right there. Uh currently I've got Vanderbilt up 28-14, start of the fourth. I've got FIU Still hanging on. <laughs> this, this so is I give you a bat line real quick? All right.
2: Oh, is it is it Grayson? <laughs> yes. Lay it on us. Yeah. Uh, this is Grayson James, the FIU quarterback through three quarters is four for eleven for six yards. And his team is winning. <laughs> yeah, they uh they started out kind of nice, and then their
3: last uh last five drives.
0: Yeah, they're just- gone. <laughs>
3: yeah, yeah. Z- Zero six negative ten seven negative six. So we're looking at. Uh, I don't think I'm getting my over. <laughs> thinking that's negative three, negative three yards over the last five drives, all of which were three and outs.
0: Yeah, I, I, I maybe it's the end of summer, but it just makes me think of Tubin you know, and you're just holding on and the boat's driving through the wake and you can just feel that it's getting a little bit, uh, I'm going to let go soon. Oh gosh, I'm going to let go soon. Is there like a
2: better yet simultaneously more terrifying feeling than when the tube gets like hits the wake and you go flying into the air? Like yes. you lose control, like you're no longer on the tube. It's like, you it's exhilarating go. and terrifying at the exact same time.
0: Yeah. As long if I'm upwards, I love it. If I'm going sideways, I'm horrified. Because <laughs> <laughs> then your body's going to skip. And yeah. then you might be taking some kind of spinal whiplash type situation. <laughs> yeah. When Catch I pop up yeah. and I just let go, and then you just get to see. Yeah. I'll take that mm-hmm. any day. Um, all right. Anything else from the uh, the notepad we want to get out? I mean, I i had planned on 30 minutes. We went for 48 already. So, any anything stand out? We want to make sure we want to hit.
2: Is UMass going to gonna upset to like Auburn it. next week?
0: <laughs> That's an interesting game.
2: I'm it's it's a right? lot more interesting now than it was five hours ago.
0: A ca- catch me uh, on CBS Sports HQ repping Kmart DJU when I take UMass plus the points. <laughs> <laughs> oh gosh. Um. Any anything else? Yeah, no. I mean, I mean, it's a seven
3: game slate. We're, we're averaging like what? Eight minutes per game, almost seven minutes. No, like, like six minutes per game. It's pretty good.
0: Notre Dame, the biggest winner. Like if you're, if you're, if we are going to talk like yeah. overall, yeah. who took today, Notre Dame lining up and mashing in a manner that, as we mentioned earlier, suggests that against eight to nine of the opponents on their that are left on their schedule, are not going to be able to handle. It's going to be a little bit different.
2: Yeah. Notre Dame's going to the playoff. Zach branch is the new Reggie Bush and Don Brown is coach of the year. That's what we take away from week zero.
0: What's this eyebrow thing I need to address address? (laughs) Well, I mean, all right. So I was going to say if you're watching on you, Hey, by the way, actually, I had a great time with our subscribers.
1: Dude, I didn't yeah. know how I mm-hmm.
0: didn't know how that was going to go. For those who are listening on the audio forum, oh, yeah. you're not subscribed on YouTube at youtube.com/slash cover three. We had a subscriber only YouTube live chat on Friday. We didn't put it out on social media. We didn't announce it on the podcast. We just threw it up there, and everybody who was subscribed with the notifications turned on, as we were telling you for weeks, came to hang out. Bunch of people came to hang out. More questions than we could even handle. And we are going to continue to keep doing that. So if you want to be a part of one in the future, make sure you smash that subscribe button. And like again, I understand I'm a podcast guy. Like I throw the earbuds in and I I do a lot of stuff. I go on my walks. But if you want to be a part of this, something special, just low-key, hanging out, we're just answering your questions, having fun talking about college football. Make sure you're subscribed. We're going to do it all throughout the season. Uh, I I enjoyed that. It was a good time. Mm
3: It was a good time. Uh, Chat wants to know about the clock rules. Did you guys find them bad, good?
0: I do have a take. (laughs) Things moved faster between commercials. What's the flag? By the time a game ended, I don't think that I noticed a lot of games ending early.
2: Yeah, I go with that. Like, I. I think part of the problem for me is that the only standalone game was Nate Navy Notre Dame, which kind of is going to skew the clock rules because of Navy's offense. It's like everything and Notre else was, Dames. yeah, and everything else was going on at the same time, so it was kind of really hard to you know track what the real difference is touchdown Vandy, by the way, so I don't really have any strong feelings about the clock rules right now, it was, it, the under's it, it, been pretty popular for the most part today, has not it? It always is in week one though. Like yeah. it, it, it seems, but yeah, I, I,
3: I think it, I, I think it's pretty popular.
0: Um, yeah, no, the, the, the eyebrow thing was just because there we're going big face here. Oh, and the problem I is, we, I think it's just shadows y'all. I definitely don't do any of my eyebrows. <laughs> no, 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 no. It's, it's that we're going big face and we have multiple screens. Oh, and CBS
3: so, got me a ring light. By
0: the way and so the problem is if you're starting to look at your other screen yeah. and you've got big face then it's going to be more noticeable so
3: i like so, it yeah we're doing it
0: thank you for everybody for hanging out we absolutely love it again smash the subscribe smash the like we appreciate it and you can follow him on twitter at tom fredelli you can follow him at Buddy elliot three you follow me at chip underscore patterson gentlemen thank you very much
2: thank you